0: Greetings and salutations. I hope your day is both tranquil and fulfilling. I am Athanasius, and welcome back to the podcast of The Boldly Immortal. The word lunacy is a noun, meaning insanity or extreme folly or eccentricity. It derives from a Latin word which refers to epilepsy and madness. It relates to the belief that the moon caused madness. You can kind of see that with the term luna at the beginning of the word. In the era when this term came into English usage, light sources were limited. Imagine yourself there for a moment. Imagine. It's a dark, a truly dark night. Every night. It's hard to imagine for some people with all the lights we have now. What's it like? What is total electrical isolation? I consider myself fortunate to have experienced it once in my hometown. There was an electrical failure caused by a fire or maybe the the fire was caused by the electrical failure I can't remember. Either way the power in the entire town and all the surrounding countryside was all of a sudden out. And I lived in the country already so it was already usually dark but now now the glow of the city and every single street light, every single house, every single shop went dark all at once. The aura that glowed from our collective brilliance went out in a moment, and we would have been in total darkness. This was the way the world was for hundreds of years. Clouds might cover the night sky concealing the stars, but... You'd have clear nights enough to spend countless hours staring into the celestial filaments, gazing at strings of cosmic energy. Small specks of light received grand meaning and purpose, and collections of stars were accumulated and and given names and meanings. The fellow travelers in the heavenly dance of night were the planets, lights that were so clearly different from the rest— in their journey through the heavens they weave through a set path, but vary in their journey's speed. This pleasant variation allows even the cycle of years to be divided, as these independent movers refused to cycle with the seasons, but took their own time to pass through the twelve celestial signs. Man looked on these skies for thousands of years, and for thousands of years Nothing else ruled the night. Nothing, that is, except the light that dominated my dark summer night at home. On that fateful night, we were fortunate to have a full moon shining down. So even though the street lights and home lights were extinguished, we were bathed in an unrivaled blue light. The effect was unbelievable, mystical, and wondrous the entire street was visible, indeed, even better lit than when the power was on. With no brighter light to challenge it, the moonlight's even glow illuminated it all. The cloudless skies were no longer dark and mysterious, but teeming with the lights of uncounted stars. But in this ocean, there was no rival to the chief light bringer. The candles so often needed in times like these were left alone and I and my brothers went out to play. The moon was always, has always been, the chief light of night, but served more than only occasionally to illuminate the darkness. Its cycles, much shorter than those of the sun or the stars, allowed men to guide their days in shorter increments. The cycle of the day could be passed by watching the movement of the sun through the heavens, and the cycle of many days could be measured by the phases of the moon. Every civilization on Earth has a lunar basis for its calendar, and indeed some still prioritize it over the solar calendar. For us in the postmodern West, it is but a memory, an inconsistent measurement set aside for the consistency of the months. Our world has not the time to be directed by lunar fluctuation or variation but at least we have the decency to keep the name. There was no need for keeping time, though, that wondrous summer night. We all knew the power would return in time, that the dutiful engineers would ensure that electricity was restored as soon as possible. But I am glad for the time it took. I am grateful for the chance to have that moonlit night, not found by sitting in the wilderness or running away from civilization, but experienced in the midst of it. Of all the nights the power went out, it happened on a night when the moon was full of all the times to happen. It happened on a warm and clear summer night of all the places for it to happen. It happened to me at home. And of all the people to happen to, it happened to me. I've experienced the darkness of the primitive world before. I've gone hiking into the wilderness where the shadows of trees would block out the expanse of heaven, if not for the dark clouds threatening to rain. In those times, extinguishing lights brought total darkness, the same darkness as a bathroom with no window when the light is off, but without the comfort of being in a known space. That darkness is the darkness of home, Of night alone, but the darkness of the void is something else entirely. Every way you look, there is nothing. If you turn on a light, you illuminate yourself, but thereby only highlight your position to the darkness. Whatever creeps in the shadows beyond your meager flames knows exactly where you are. The primal fear of the unknown takes hold, if unchecked by raw determination to go on. The roar of modern life is replaced by the regular but unfamiliar noises of a darkened world. But each unexpected sound brings with it the imagined creatures of the void. And yet this is not where madness was defined. This is not what our linguistic overlords chose to define as insanity or foolish, our linguistic predecessors. Rather, it was the presence of the moon. It was to be. In the presence of the moon. Think of a werewolf, which changes its shape not under darkness but under a full moon. There is a power associated with that light, a strange and mystical power, that separates it from the darkness of the void. In a previous podcast, I referred to the intellectual class as mages, because the word evokes a deeper dream, a larger story, a mythology of our own world. In that spirit, I will evoke the word magical to describe my summer nights experienced with that lunar mystery. Not because the light itself could not be explained by science, not because I did not understand the events occurring around me. Rather, because even though I understood them, I could not have comprehended the effect that these natural, explainable things would have. Because I could not have predicted the joys of sitting outside in the middle of my front yard, bathed in moonlight alone. I could not have predicted the joys of lunacy. But now I feel obliged to consider it more seriously. Now I cannot help but feel kinship with our linguistic predecessors for their choice of words. And now I feel obliged to explore why this magic was so strange. What was so powerful about this moment? The lights that permeate our postmodern lives that illuminate our nights are easily taken for granted but the phone must be turned off eventually if we are to get to sleep. That controlling blue light must be snuffed out before rest can set in. For one fateful night, I was surrounded by a similar light, but from a natural source. That lunacy was only for a moment, a brief and sweet memory of a night of madness, But this strange moon I have welcomed into my life is present with me always. Its shining light illumines all my evenings. And perhaps I should consider what lunacy it is to be lighting myself with that blue light every day and every night. Perhaps, perhaps it is my desire to stave off the darkness of the void, Perhaps in that desire, I have become maddened by that light. Perhaps my denial of the outer darkness, of the terrifying void, perhaps ignoring its reality and inevitable appearance has blinded me. And when it does come, will my eyes be able to see in that darkness? When my personal moonlight is gone, the dim flickering of a few stars Shining through that encroaching shadow, will I be able to recognize that light that shines in the darkness? Thus far, the the writing that I did this morning on lunacy. I'm going to try and unpack some of that because I feel like I got a little bit poetic there. And hopefully the, the short form... Off the cuff ideas will be a little bit easier to digest. It's been a thought on my mind, though, especially because there's a light that shines directly into my windows, uh, so I really can never have full darkness in my apartment, and it's frustrating. It's very frustrating. It's lunacy, right? That's the point of the of the writing part, the the earlier sections of this of this podcast. It is that we have too much light we don't experience darkness as it ought to be as it is by nature because then in those darknesses moments darkness moments in those moments of darkness when when we see the sky darkened we know that it matters right when we can't see the stars above because there are clouds we would know that that mattered as it is, the only time that we experience that darkness is when is when the power goes out. And then everybody's working really hard to fix it. What I got that night was an opportunity to experience the chaos of losing power, right? Not just electricity, but also control. We couldn't do anything. We were just basically just had to sit there. They could have the power could have been out for a week. That would have been the situation. I knew it wasn't going to be the situation because I knew that's not how our world works. And so I I got to cherish that brief that brief time where anything could happen and I simply had to trust that nothing would. And and the beauty of it in that in that particular moment was that The light that shone down made everything so clear that indeed the lights that we had on, the street lights that I had shining right outside our home, it was blocking my vision of certain things, that there are, there were certain pieces of my environment I was not able to see because it was too bright, right? That light had blinded us to other areas of the street. And the moonlight didn't discriminate, right? Part of that was it had a really, really good angle. I mean, honestly, it was pretty high up there. And so everything, everything was lit. Everything was, I'm not kidding. When I said it was a this blue glow, right? I mean, you just look at somebody else's face and it was like a movie, but better. It was real. It was a brief moment where the magic of of reality actually crashed into my real everyday life the magic of the real occurred and i uh, the reason I, i want to tie that in with madness is because not only is it so different from our everyday life as to have been a moment of madness but even that moment was different from what it ought to have been in theory right in theory when the power goes out it should have been a moment of concern it should have been a moment where I was worried. I you know, Oh, no, we don't have heating. We don't have air conditioning. or We don't have, right? Oh, no, what about me? What about us? How are we going to be okay? But it wasn't. It wasn't because there was a light in the heavens that shone down with such glorious light, such mystical ambiance, as to cast all my worries and dispersions away as to ease my mind into such a euphoric state that I could not help but be in that moment, appreciate it, enjoy it, live it, dwell in it, cherish it, to stare up at the unpolluted firmament where the the curtain of the heavens was pulled back and nothing blocked my view of God's wondrous gift of everything else in the universe. I could see it with my own eyes, with nothing there to block my view, nothing there to stop me. No light, no modern arrogance, no modern desire to control my ability to see the world. And this, this was the madness that I experienced. This is the duality Right? On the first hand side, I should not have been able to see that. On the second, it was such a unique experience. I could not help but enjoy it. That's why I like the word lunacy. Because we don't, we don't experience it with the moon anymore, but I think we experience it with our uh, artificial moons, right? our phones. We, uh, literally, all of our technology is designed to emanate light, we receive that light with our eyes and we react to it. We could have designed something that was totally different, that was tactile only, but we're creatures of sight. But the problem is what we've now done is we've, we've made it next to impossible to be in the darkness, right? I've talked about this with boredom, right? Think about it. Can you be bored? Well, no, I have an entertainment device by me right? Thankfully, some of us are realizing that little entertainment device isn't nearly so entertaining when everybody's on lockdown. Give it a couple more weeks. If you aren't at that stage yet, you will be. Books are better, right? But we're addicted to that light, and I'm not not surprised because that's what we are wired to do. We're wired to be creatures of light. But the thing is, we're not in the light all the time. Light isn't natural at all times and indeed what we've what we have is we have a world awash in light a world where where you cannot be alone a world where you cannot be quiet where you cannot be you cannot be afraid you can't just be afraid be weak be concerned be unable, right? We've, we've made it difficult, at least, to be in need. And I think that's part of the reason why we are so afraid at this time. Because suddenly, people who have lived with the assumption that those things were not in our lives, right? That scarcity wasn't something we had to experience. We would always have toilet paper on the shelves. You didn't even have to think about it are now experiencing reality for a brief moment, right? The, the wonderful bubble of pleasant dreams has been shattered by the more glorious dream of reality. And, and I do think it is better. I do think it is better to need. I think it is better to be in fear a little bit, right? Now, first of all, because there are things we ought to fear, Right, We should fear love and trust in God above all things. That is Luther's explanation to the first commandment. We should fear God, and we should remember that God needs to be feared. And perhaps we will now. But this is a part of everyday life. This ought to be a part of everyday life. It shouldn't be something that we need pestilence to remember. This shouldn't be something that we forget. And so perhaps what we should do for ourselves is, rather than surrounding ourselves with ease with comfort with simplicity well maybe the stoics have something right in that life shouldn't be about pleasure maybe there's no no purpose to doing something if it's not if it's not hard if there's not a little difficulty to it maybe this monotonous everyday existence that we have is driving us mad and has already produced the madness that is panic, worry, concern, when something fundamentally insignificant and truly of very, very little effect strikes us. I mean, come on people. It's not that bad. And the reason we are taking such drastic measures is because we know, we know that if we don't, we will continue to panic and that's what will cause problems. But the thing is we aren't prepared. That's, that's the real problem. We thought ourselves invincible. We dreamed that our world was, was good enough and we would always continue moving forward. And we never thought that maybe young men need a whetstone. Maybe people need a challenge. Maybe, maybe someone needs the darkness Maybe the darkness is not just the haunts of, the, of Ill, Ill intent of those who want evil. Maybe darkness is the place sometimes of those who need clarity of mind, who want to not be insane, who want to guide their days by the lights that God gave them. Perhaps we should turn off the lights Turn off the power every once in a while. And rather than escaping then into the wilderness and just using the wilderness, maybe we should try and live with one another in these conditions. Right? When the, when we can finally live with one another, why don't we live with one another in, in hardships? Why don't we actually bear one another's burdens? And we take what we save from that, and we use it to not only ensure that we are able to continue in that way without destroying our communities and freaking everybody out. But maybe we take it and we invest it in something more, in a challenge. We, we take what we have and we build something better, something harder, something that requires discipline. We build a culture that demands something of us. We design projects that take decades to build, not because of inefficiencies, but because of complexity, because of patience, because of intricacy, because of a desire to do it right, because we want it to stand for generations. What if we actually stepped back and said, if this is all it takes to change our way of life, Maybe we're doing things wrong. And the thing is, I got that opportunity. I didn't understand it, but I got it. And I got it well before this moment. I got it. I got it in the safety and security of a warm summer night under the starry sky where I actually got to see what it was like to live under a moon be without control and to just experience the blessings that I had at that moment and it was a glorious blessing it was a beautiful moment it was truly a beautiful moment and it's something I'm going to cherish forever because I don't think I'll ever see it again and that saddens me because I will I will I will go into the wilderness again you better believe it and I'll find nights that are dark But to to fundamentally escape, to fundamentally get that moment of pure clarity that comes from realizing the constant madness, right? I wouldn't have noticed that I couldn't see those areas of the street if the power hadn't gone out. While as long as the lights were on, I couldn't see, I couldn't know what I couldn't see. As long as I was staring at my phone, I couldn't tell that I wasn't seeing the rest of the world. As long as I was blinded by my own affluence, by my own desire to create conditions that I wanted, and my own pride in being able to achieve that, As long as I was blinded by myself, I couldn't see the world around me. And I still struggle with this. Don't get me wrong. But I've been touched by moonlight. I know that sounds crazy. That's my point. It took madness. It took thinking about that madness, that moment, to realize that that, that, that the rest of the of my life shouldn't be like that. That I shouldn't always have that, that stimulus. I shouldn't overexert myself in trying to constantly achieve these, these moments of, of, of great exaltation, where I'm not bored and I'm, I'm staying informed and I'm communicating and I'm in contact with everybody. Maybe maybe that's not important because maybe it's too much. Maybe I need to sometimes be in the darkness. Maybe I need to know that the void is present. Maybe I need to understand the fear of being in a dark forest on a cloudy night with no light to guide my way where I can hear the river and I can hear Something moving in the underbrush, and I don't know what it is, but I know, I know I'll be fine. I know I'll be fine in the long run, but I should still probably take precautions. But to think, to function in that way, knowing the darkness, perceiving the darkness, aware of it, and ready to assail it, such that when it eventually arrives... when that darkness comes, I'm not afraid anymore. And indeed, I'm instead afraid, or perhaps not afraid, but mad when the darkness isn't present, when I can dance under the light of the moon, that that's what, that's what should be. That is normal for humans, for, for years, for generations, for ages. That was the way we thought. And now we've changed it. Now we are so afraid of being afraid and therefore preparing to fight the darkness that we just remove it from the equation. That couldn't happen here. It wouldn't happen. It won't happen. We've taken precautions. I'll tell you what, we're learning. We haven't. That darkness will find a way. Darkness will come and you won't be able to escape it when it does. The creeping and crawling, the eyes in the underbrush, the sounds that come, the howls on a cold winter night. They are there and they will always come. Every great civilization has fallen. Whether it used a lunar calendar or solar one, every one of them falls. Our time will come. Our time will come. And it will come When we are no longer prepared to face the dark reality of human nature. When we are so caught up in our own beliefs that everything will be fine. That when eventually it does come, it will be too great for us to even panic over. Because we won't be able to panic because things will be too late. That's what will happen. What's going on right now is nothing. And learn it. Remember it. Remember it and cherish it dearly because this is a vacation. This is a glorious moment of relaxation and reprise compared to what's coming. I don't know when I'm no prophet nor the son of a prophet, but I can tell you this. The longer we live in delusions and the longer we enjoy the light of the moon the harder it will be when that light is not available. And I certainly hope it's not an eclipse that takes us down. But then again, that's happened to other civilizations before. Are you prepared? Are you truly prepared? And ultimately, where does your hope lie?